Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing um, live podcast or webinar. My name's Sam Eddy and we also have Katie Walls with us. Katie, how are you? Good. Hello, everyone. Um, just so everyone knows, we were sort of had a bit of a problem with the technology um, and I logged everyone out. So apologies if you were logged out uh, or forced out, but um, hopefully um, you've all logged back in now and you can hear us okay. Um, it's good to be with you again. I was off last month, um, so it's nice to be back talking to you. Um, and this week we're talking about self-doubt and nerves, how it kills your mojo and what you can do about it. So a really interesting topic. Um, I know for me that voice of doubt or self-doubt rages from time to time. Um, and I see it a lot with the client work I do. So it's so good to be addressing it because we probably all have experienced it at some point, as well as that nervous energy that um, often accompanies it. So, mm -hmm. so good to be talking about it today. Um, a couple of reminders, just so you know, we're recording this um, session as always, and it will be emailed to you afterwards so you can listen back again. Um, I'm out of practice, Katie. Is there anything else I've forgotten? No, that's great. And we'd just love to encourage you all to participate with questions. Um, we can make this, you know, as, as personal, really bringing up aspects and whatever you offer in way of um, your experiences, everyone can learn from that. So, you know, really utilise this time, make the most of it, and pop your questions into the, the chat box. And um, Sam will be able to bring that to what we're talking about as well. Or if there's anything from last last month's presentation that came up for you or you wanted to revisit in any way we've got that opportunity because um they they the topics very much interlink and and a relative so uh, yeah look forward to having this time with you all yeah absolutely yeah great reminder katie about the questions because that's obviously what we're here for we want to hear from you um and if you've got any questions about self-doubt nerves stress anxiety um that comes with it please as katie said pop them in the question box we'll, box we'll get to them um if stuff comes up that we're talking about that's relevant for you or if you're asking on behalf of people that you know who might suffer from self-doubt more at work at home it doesn't matter where Again, we'd really love to hear just comments, what works for you and what you're experiencing, what you're unsure of, because it just makes for a richer, some richer content. And, and as I think we often say, there's others probably wanting to ask the question, but sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah, um, very so Katie, Sorry, Katie, so what, what does it, I mean, what comes to mind for you when, you know, we talk about self-doubt? Yeah, I suppose a few aspects that would be great to explore more is what is your internal dialogue like? Um, because that triggers the, the self-doubt. So um, often we're not aware to the extent of that kind of negative talk that goes on just in our own relationship with ourselves. Like how hard are we on ourselves? Do we expect, you know, would we be as hard on others as we are ourselves? Um, and again, until you give it a bit of space just to observe, People often don't know the depths of that internal dialogue until they, they do a big, bit of a check-in. Um, I know a client was saying recently, she said, oh, it wasn't until I started doing that, I realised that nearly every thought I had about myself was either I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or I was not appreciating, you know, she was saying she wasn't appreciating everything that was there and confirming what was there. So then it leaves quite a big gap for that self-doubt to be there if we're already talking to ourselves that way and, and being with ourselves that way, then there's so many things in the outside world that then confirm those thoughts 
versus if we're appreciating more of ourselves then we're feeling the solidness that we do bring to ourselves to our work and to others so when something happens that wobbles you you've at least got a foundation there of appreciating what what is great um, so that it doesn't tip the scales as much if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, Katie, just as you were talking, um, um, someone just asked if we've started. So we have. I've just put a message out there. So hopefully you can all hear us. If there's any problems, just let us know. Or if you can't hear, um, I'm not sure if you can hear this, but I'll just put a message into log out, log back in again. Mm, um, if anyone can't hear, please let us know in the, in the box now if it's not coming across clearly. Appreciate yeah. that. Yep. Okay. It looks like it's all resolved. So that's great. Um, so sorry. I'm going to have to get you to repeat a little yeah. bit there, Katie, just because yeah. I was so, kind of... So if we, if we really start, you know, start this um, discussion that we're having with looking at that internal dialogue that we're having with ourselves, how much of that is leaving room then for self-doubt, meaning mm. when, when things happen at work or they happen in our relationships, do we automatically go to yeah, I'm not prepared or I'm, you know, I, I should have done this or I should have or I should, you know, should's a great word that gets used a lot rather than, you know, for next time I'm going to support myself this way or I could do this or I could do that. So it's, it's a very different flavour when you're actually, you know, you're respecting yourself more too. Um, I was just mentioning that often we don't realise how how negative we have been Yes. what we go through. Mm. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, I love the way you talk about that self-dialogue, um, mm. the conversation we have with ourselves and how we um, really get in our own head. And yes, stuff comes up in life that's difficult or hard at times, but even to do with the everyday stuff, our self-dialogue can be really um, quite negative or harsh on ourselves, or we can be really worried about what might happen, even about everyday stuff. Um, can, so it's interesting. Yeah, we can be so mean to ourselves, mm. like mean and nasty. And it's like, you know, would, would we say that to someone else? You know, often no, not not to the depth that we can. And, and, we, um, hear, and we hear those expressions sort of life's tough, life's never meant to be easy, no pain, no gain. Um, and I guess those messages start early on, don't they? So we kind of, it's almost like we're set up for this kind of self-talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really great point. You know, and it's often hereditary in the sense that, you know, our parents may not have been appreciating themselves to the level that would have supported. So that's all we've seen. Um, and then, you know, it, it feeds that thing, well, I don't want to be big-headed, et cetera, or I don't want to get too kind of um, confident or whatever, you know, that dialogue that can happen. And actually that that's not true. Often if someone is has those characteristics that actually suffer from self-doubt, so then they're overinflating, and you can feel when someone's doing that. It's a very different quality than actually respecting your attributes and what you bring. And I'd, I'd really love to encourage people at the end of the day, just as we're bringing this into our program of these um, um, balance and well-being um, presentations, is at the end of the day, spend a bit of time to clock what you appreciated about your day and how you've been it could be as simple as you've had a conversation with someone and you didn't react that's amazing if your mm. pattern has been to react to that particular person or what they're presenting then that is absolutely amazing that you have shifted that to not react or it could mean that you know you got up early 15 minutes early that morning and you weren't rushing didn't leave the house rushing 
well, that's fantastic if your pattern has been to leave the house in stress and anxiousness because you have been rushing. That's a major breakthrough. But often yeah. we're so geared at looking at what we're not doing that we're not then appreciating and that's not setting a foundation then to help you when tough situations come about or things don't go according to how you felt they would. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it not it true that we're kind of, um, we're looking to see where we're at at the moment. So as a starting point to really go, okay, well, what is my self-talk like? And kind of trying to have a, a bit of a step back, slow life down a bit and go, well, how, you know, how much am I sort of doubting myself? Um, am I kind of predicting that I'm not going to perform well at work? I'm not being good enough as a parent, for example, or I'm going going through this kind of, you know, things won't work out and, and really kind of identify and just see where you're at with it because we've all got different levels of it and that can be quite interesting when we have the time to kind of see it and see where we're at because then we can start to change it and, and kind of really acknowledge that it happens. I think if we don't acknowledge it happens up front, it's very hard to... Um, to move through it. And, uh, and I know a lot of clients talk to me about, but, but Sam, bad stuff happens in the world. There's a lot of, you know, things that go wrong. Um, how am I going to cope? And I think that can be a barrier for people to start looking at this. And my advice is often to know that, look, if you look at the news, yes, it seems negative, but that's not a representation of the rest of what goes on in the world. There's so much good stuff that happens all the time. Um, and a lot of the negativity and the worry that we that goes on in our minds is is just that it's just worry. Often the reality of what happens um, is often never as bad as we anticipate or we um, worry about. Mm. So it's trying to get perspective on this in our own world and go, hang on, of all this stuff that I've worried about, I've had the negative self talk about, has it really served me? Has it actually really protected me? Or has it really just added stress on an ongoing basis so that I've, I've kind of contracted instead of being open to life and really enjoying it? Yeah, really good points. And, and look, that's the reality. A lot of really horrible stuff happens in this world. And I've, at a stage in my life that you know, I'm very sensitive and, and that really I started to get down about it. And then I went, well, you know what? There's so much horrible stuff that's happening. I, I need to be that change agent in the sense that there needs to be something to counteract that because, as you say, there is some really, really beautiful things that happen in life and, um, you know, caring gestures from people that, you know, we, we're all actually connected. We're all actually absolutely the same inside. So, you know, that then started to motivate me because of all of the stuff that wasn't great, because of the dysfunction within families, within relationships. Um, within, you know, even abuse in the workplace, if there's bullying, et cetera, it was like, okay, there needs to be something that's different to that and that has to start first with me, my relationship with with my kids, with my husband, with my colleagues, um, so that people can see something else. And we've all had different backgrounds, all different upbringings. Some of those have not been great and others have felt quite content. So, you know, if that reflection's there for people, there's so much that one person can do just in way of those reflections and it's yeah, really really powerful i think oh it's it's so powerful um and you know i think what you're saying and if, it, if i put my spin on it is um you know figuring out what's you know you know what reality are you creating for yourself um and when you realize that actually you can create more 
confidence for yourself, more of what you want and love in the world, um, as opposed to all these other external things happening to you. Often, I think, with um, um, when the self-doubt is raging or that voice of doubt is raging, we're often, we think we're kind of at the mercy of all these external events. And from what you were saying, Katie, in your experience, when you actually started with you first and how you interacted, even just with the immediate relationships you have, things started to change. Is that a fair? Absolutely. Spot on. Yeah. And, and, and this is so relevant to what we're talking about with, um, you know, getting nervous or self-doubt because people are clocking the dysfunction in the world. You can't not because, you know, we are sensitive and we are generally, you know, uh, love from that essence point of view of who we are. So anything that's disharmonious, we do feel, even if we're not consciously clocking it, it does have an impact. It, you know, it's something that you then have to support yourself through. So even if, you know, you can, a great example is road rage. You, know, you can be driving along and even if someone's really going off and they're not directly going off at you but they're honking their horn and honking and honking it it that creates a nervous tension because it's you can feel the agroness that someone's in even if it's not directly projected at you it it it's unsettling mm. and it's the and same it, as yeah. Yeah, your adrenaline pumps and and that yep. fuels thinking and, and you can't help but be drawn into it sometimes and then you think it's real because you're, you're feeling it the adrenaline kind of yeah. gets up and you feel it oh hang on this is real this is something i have to get involved in so we kind of get bluffed into it almost yeah and even if a colleague comes and sits down next to you and you can feel they're angry even if it's not at you it creates a tension because ultimately we are harmonious like in nature it just depends how we're approaching life so the mm. same exact thing, if we're clocking all of that and we can tell if someone's had a bad morning and they come in and they're kind of stomping around or even how they pick up the phone, if there's a bit of a slamming down of that receiver or slamming down of paper, even if it's not significant, we're feeling all of that subconsciously or, or not, uh, you know, actually clocking it. So the same too, as we're talking in this sense, if we approach life where we go, you know, I'm going to start working on my reactions, I'm going to start working on my internal dialogue and how we are and how we move our bodies and how we present ourselves, that is an awesome reflection and can be felt just as much as we can feel all of the negative. So it's that positive influence that's being created. And that's why people yeah. can say, you know, the world's in a mess, what can I do, little old me? You know, what impact's that gonna have? Actually, it's huge because everyone that meets you and sees you, we're either adding to that disharmony or we're offering an another quality, something that actually supports people and in you yes. doing that for yourself with your own nervous system and your own doubt that we can go into, then other people get that benefit of that as well because you're, you're providing a stability there. Oh, that's so true. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such good insights and uh, so useful, especially when we become aware of all that stuff you're saying, Katie. Um, I've just, we've just got a question and I was, it sort of leads into what I was going to talk about anyway. Um, and you were touching on it there with the nervous system nerves because this is obviously self-doubt and nerves um, in terms of the topic for today. Um, and the question was um, that, you know, if you are having the negative self-talking, especially from a, a parenting perspective, you know, how do parents who do that stop or change the dialogue? And I guess I just wanted to take a step back to kind of answer or part answer this question. Um, because, you know, where does the self-doubt come from originally? And we've sort of touched on it in terms of the environment which we're in, what we learned when we're young. Um, 
the messages we get from the news, all that sort of stuff. So we need to kind of know where it comes from um, and then obviously be aware of it too. We've got to be have some sort of level of self-awareness that we are doing it. If we can't be aware of it, obviously it's very difficult to change behaviours we're not aware of. Um, but I, I just wanted to talk about the nervous system specifically um, and stress because stress and anxiety is wrapped up in all of this. And, you know, and we've sort of touched on it with terms of our childhood and what happens in childhood, but stress builds up bit by bit, little by little over a long period of time. And if stress is not resolved or dealt with, um, there may be trauma in the past, it could just be stress over a long period of time, working too long, burnout at work, um, whatever it may be. If it builds up, builds up, builds up, um, and it's not dealt with, it just continues to register with the nervous system. So the nervous system gets what I call really sensitized. Um, and the more sensitized it is, it's kind of on a high alert. So it's looking out for danger. The nervous system is the thing that controls the flight or fight response. So if there is a real danger, you're getting chased by a dog, for example, fear comes in, you see the danger, the nervous system's on high alert, it sends blood pumping, adrenaline, oxygen to your muscles so you can turn and run, fight, or freeze and hide. Um, but what happens if we don't resolve it, and with, with us humans, because that system stays on all the time, it starts to worry about everyday things. And it starts to look, it's on high alert, it's looking out for danger, and that may be, you might be sitting on the couch at home, I might have mentioned this on another one of our podcasts, and suddenly this that voice of doubt comes in, you know, what if I lose my job? What if something happens to the kids at school? What if we don't have enough money to support the mortgage? Um, what if I can't get that promotion? What would that mean for me? What if I can never have kids? Um, it doesn't really matter what it is. And because your nervous system is tired, the nerves um, are really sensitized, it fuels this voice of doubt. Um, so I find when I'm talking to people about this, it's really good to understand how you got there. How did you get into a state where you're quite highly sensitized and that you're almost your body and your nerves are fueling this thinking. Because once we become aware of it, we can go, ah, I can start to see a pattern in a cycle, and then we can start to break out of it. So that was kind of my long answer to that question, Katie. <laughs> Beautiful, love it, exactly. And also just to add on to, to that overview is we can have a momentum that gets created. So again, like we were, we were talking about before, it could even be a certain way that someone speaks to you. You may have been really hurt as a child and that person spoke the same way or in the same tone or had the same mannerisms and, um, you know, put you down perhaps or, or you didn't feel that they actually appreciated you or hard on you, etc. So then when we, we meet people that perhaps have those same mannerisms or the same way of being, um, we can often get triggered with with a self-doubt pattern or you know whatever that happens to be or um, a situation where we start to feel nervous or um, we don't feel that we're capable etc so it's really good to clock that as well um, and then often what can happen is you have those triggers like you were talking about with the flight or fight and there'll be aspects that we've been in that have actually potentially been quite harmful but again, you can have residual from that. So for example, I was working with a, a client the other day and she said, um, 
you know, I used to just feel so anxious when I got up in the morning and, you know, feeling that I had so much to do and I was so rushed and I had so many demands on me. And I've really, she said she'd really been working with that so that she was supporting herself at a much higher level. But she realized every time she got in the car, her heart was really beating and she was anxious and she was already feeling that she was behind the bull, so to speak, and she had to stop herself. And so we, we started exploring that a bit more. And actually, you know, in that moment when you feel that, um, pounding in your chest or that you're you're starting to feel a bit nervous is to go hey you know what I'm okay everything is okay because in her situation she had really worked on all of that so she wasn't where she was a year ago in being quite unorganized not supporting herself she changed a lot yet that behavior was still coming up so to speak in a body or the reactions were coming up in a body does does that make sense Sam oh look it's it's so good because um, I was thinking exactly the same thing. It, it is true. If you, I mean, we've talked about being aware, not aware of that voice of doubt and how much perhaps the negative self-talk is there. But I love those examples you gave, like hopping in the car, noticing the tension that's there. I know for me, I when I used to come to work um, in my more junior days, um, when I was probably quite stressed and didn't realise it, and that voice of doubt, I'd be, I'd, I'd be nervous coming into work every day yeah. mm. uh, because I was worried about expectation of was I performing? I wasn't really conscious of any of this, but that heart pumping, that adrenaline, you know, sweaty palms, whatever it may be. I, so that advice is so good yeah. just to, you know, if you are aware you've got the voice of doubt, then the next step to really become aware of what that nervous system's doing, what symptoms are you getting, um, what, yeah. what, what that accompany those thoughts or those worries, because that is, that's, that's, that's when you're on track to starting to diffuse it, yeah. if you like. So it's great and advice. Then, and then you're able to go, okay, is this real? Is this something that, you know what, I've, yeah, I've got to start going to bed earlier so that I'm not sleeping through my alarm or that I'm waking up earlier so that I could be more prepared because I know that I've got a meeting and I'm going to be a little bit anxious about that and I want to make sure I've got time to get there, etc. So those sim those symptoms in your body can come up and be a very positive thing because they're showing yes. you where you need to go deeper in your self-care for yourself. Or as we were just talking about then, you may have been addressing these things, but there's just a learnt pattern that you go into of having that anxiousness and that nervousness that you actually have to start with that dialogue with yourself to go, you know what, that's not actually real. I'm not late, mm -hmm. but half an hour to get there, heaps of time for the traffic, heaps of time to prepare. So because I haven't allowed that time in the past and felt those symptoms in my body, I'm fine now. So you've got to really be loving with yourself and give yourself a bit of that talk, no different to you would a um, you know, a, a child that's going through those things, etc., and then you, yeah, you, your body can actually feel kind of integrate more of the support of what you're living now versus before, or you know, if it's someone that we're reacting to with how they're speaking to us, etc., clocking that you're having a reaction in your body to it, acknowledge that something doesn't feel great, and then going, how can I support myself now though? Because if we're not consciously clocking it it just gives more and more room for the self-doubt or the anxiousness to get bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like we're resisting feeling what's happening but if you actually but we're feeling it anyway so it's it's just contradictive because it's like <laughs> it doesn't actually work yep, when we're trying yep. to not identify something of actually <laughs> less capable to deal with it. We're so funny. Like we're so funny. We are we are we're know. our own worst enemy sometimes aren't we? <laughs> 
so true. Look, we're all doing it. You know, as we're talking here now, we can all relate to this stuff in our different ways, different situations, but mm. there's a common theme here to go, okay, let's start getting really real with this. I don't actually have a problem. I'm actually not abnormal in any way. This is life. This is stuff that we've all got to work through. Some people may just seem like they've got it all sussed out, but I can tell you at some stage in their life they've had to work with it or they're doing an amazing cover-up job. Yep, 100%. <laughs> no one's different. Doesn't matter what your title is, doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter all of those things, you know, as we're yeah, saying, well, go for it. Sorry, no, 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 you're just raising such good stuff. I'm writing, I'm just writing notes so I can remember to say it. But I just wanted to jump in and just obviously say thanks to Joe for that question before. That was a great one to kick us off. But you mentioned also, Katie, triggers before. Um, mm. And I'm just wondering, we've got 30 odd people online, which is great, live with us now. And I'm just wondering if, you know, what we're talking about, that relationship between the nervous system, the symptoms we get, the heart racing as you jump in the car or on the way to work, does that make sense to people? Is it something you've experienced? Um, because often that can they can be our triggers. And I'm just wondering if there's any triggers that you have that you want us to talk about, the common ones that come up um, at work. Um, some people struggle if they've got to present to an audience, that can be a real trigger. The voice of doubt can rage then if they've got to speak to the CEO or someone really senior in a business, for example. Um, we have them at home around parenting, you know, relationships. You know, we talked about the, the great example of the car being cut off by someone in traffic. That's a real trigger. Um, so if you've got any comments, um, any triggers that you're happy to share or you want our thoughts on, um, you know, please feel free to drop them in the question box. We'd love to hear. Um, and Katie, sorry, and when I sorry, cut in there, what you said yeah. around being normal or that we actually are normal. Mm. <laughs> that this yeah. is actually, this is actually, yeah. you know, this voice of doubt is common. We often sit there and I know a lot of people when they start a new job or they come into a new department, um, they get a promotion, whatever it may be, and they look around and like, oh my gosh, everyone here has so much confidence. I don't know if you've ever done that. And then after a while, you might get a bit of perspective, but we're all like, hang on, everyone's got it together, everyone's fine, I'm the only one with the self-doubt or the the nervous tension. But when you it's said it's true. normal, we're all in this to, together, it, it is true and, it, and there is nothing wrong with you. I think we yeah. often we often told and sometimes through a lot of awareness campaigns, awareness campaigns around mental health, we actually, you know, this sort of merges into an illness where actually this stuff is normal. So the there epidemic. is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. It's actually epidemic worldwide um, aspects that because we're not supporting, generally speaking here, ourselves to the level that our body's asking, um, the rates of depression, the rates of anxiousness, um, anxiety disorders, it, they're es escalating. So in that we've got to go, okay, how can I support myself more with everything that's being demanded, et cetera? And that in itself is is huge. So a good way to kind of go, where are my stress levels at? How, how am I feeling? Is when you're preparing for bed at night, you know, are you feeling ready for sleep? Or is are you still pretty racy from your day? What's going on in your mind? You know, what concerns are, are there? Because they're undealt with things than having a residual from your day. So then yes. your body it more difficult to settle because it's it's feeling the tension of those aspects so they're great just to jot down you know notes on your phone as areas where you can start supporting yourself more 
which mm. then helps support that internal dialogue with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Katie, as you're talking, we've got a few questions coming in. If you're happy um, for me to say your first name for your question, just let me know too. We don't haven't done that in the past, but I, I always forget to ask. But if you're happy to for us to mention your first name, if you ask a question, just type yes, um, and I will um, mention your first name. Um, but um, the first question we've got here is, um, and it's a great one, it's a great comment and a question. Um, I feel like you've been spying on my life. Um, because <laughs> See, we're all the same. We're all exactly the same. We're all the same. Indeed. <laughs> um, so the trigger that this person has um, is any situation, is any situation that might present as confrontation, such mm. a common one. Um, oh, I, auto I automatically assume the worst case scenario and get into defensive mode. Yep. Um, and then this plays out, sorry, this person plays out a conversation in their mind and they, which is not accurate or true. Yep. So it's kind of, there is, you know, perhaps a real sense of confrontation, but then what the mind does and where it takes us. Um, and then, and then that whole, you know, potentially ego coming up, mm. getting into defensive mode, completely normal. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Katie? Oh, that's a corker. Thank you so much. That's that's awesome, and everyone I'm sure can relate to that on on whatever level. And it does stem back to to childhood in the sense that, and it's no criticism towards our family, the people that have raised us, they've had that internal dialogue going on as well. So then, so often in our parenting, we're picking up on concerns we've got with our children, confirming you know if they're not behaving well or what the reflection that has on us as parents etc so when again we haven't started that confirming we're looking at all this needs to improve that it needs to improve you know so we take it on as though that's our job as a parent more so than hey you know what a huge part of our job as a parent is to confirm what's there and from mm -hmm. that confirming that child automatically gets to feel more um, solid in who they are but yeah, again, you have to have a parent who's practicing that and living that quality themselves, which is pretty rare. So often the attention comes when we're not doing things right. So it creates an anxiety of, you know, uh, yeah, I'm doing something wrong. Or, you know, if, if, if your name gets called out by the teacher to go and see the principal, what's your automatically feeling is that your heart pounds, oh my gosh, I've done something wrong. Mm. Or if your colleague says, hey, you know what, I just want to have a chat do you automatically go to, oh, it's going to be something wrong? So that's that learnt um, kind of anxiety that gets built. Or do we go, hey, you know what, I'm doing an amazing job. Surely they're going to say I'm amazing. <laughs> How often yes. do we do that? It's not very common. So it already creates this anxiety and the defensiveness um, that the person who put the question forward is that we need to defend ourselves because often that has been the case as we're growing up or a teacher's been unfair because they haven't realised that you didn't actually do something to someone else, they reacted and put the blame mm. on you, or whatever it happens to be, right, where you feel that's really unjust because someone hasn't actually seen what's going on and validated you for you. So, you know, it creates almost like a, yeah, we're, we're being attacked. Um, yeah. And that can sound dramatic, but it's actually not in a lot of cases. You go into the playground and that can be a pretty crazy place. Um, yes. There's a lot, yeah. lot that goes on there. So it isn't it isn't being dramatic to say, yeah, there has been a lot of tact coming from different places. Or if your parents had a really stressful day at work and they come home, you can feel all of that stress much more than they can when you're little. And you think it's you. 
unless you've got something to confirm that it's not you, you start going, oh, mommy's really upset or dad's really upset and he's angry. I, I must be doing something versus, mm. you know, they've had a really bad day. Um, so then that defensiveness starts to build up and it's not, I just love that you're being so open with what you've shared because it's not until we go, hey, you know what, I'm defensive. And because that then creates a reaction with the people we work with because, one, they start to limit how open they are with certain aspects. So yes, you're not yes. getting that development or that support and and then that influences all relationships when it's often just coming from, from a hurt, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's look, it's such good advice. And often what we do um, in when we're worried about confrontation, it's often to do with we're worried about how we're perceived or what people think of us, which is we're all prone to thinking or worrying about that as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think all the stuff we've talked about, and Katie, you've mentioned it around um, being aware of, you know, hang on, if there's a potential confrontation or a difficult conversation at work, for example, coming up, being really aware of, you know, your nervous system, the symptoms you're getting. Um, but also um, I like to sort of write down exactly what I'm worried about. And the good thing with this voice of doubt or self-doubt and nerves, you can actually practice it before there's confrontation. So if you've had an experience with someone, a confrontation that's perhaps not even resolved, I always like to write down, okay, well, what's the confrontation about? What are my thoughts about it as I recall it? What am I worried about? What am I judging? So am I judging this person for you know, confronting me? Am I judging myself for perhaps the risk of not having done something that's caused a confrontation or done something that's caused a confrontation? Am I blaming myself? Um, am I right or wrong? You know, what expectations I have on myself? Um, and get it all down on paper because often you can see maybe a pattern. It can be to do with confidence levels. Um, but by putting it on paper when you're not in it, it can start to diffuse it a bit and you can start to see that being defensive ultimately doesn't help us, even though it's a common reaction for all of us, so you're absolutely not alone. Um, and then we can get out of our own head a bit. So we're not, you, you mentioned, um, that we play out the conversations in our mind and they're not accurate or true. So writing it down on paper can be a way of clocking it, um, getting all your thoughts and judgments out of your head and then get some perspective on it. At the same time, while you're noting your physical symptoms that often fuel that thinking. Um, so you're, you're just bringing yourself into more awareness. So next time it happens, um, it's going to be less potent, hopefully, for you. Um, and at the same time, if you're looking after yourself, um, you're trying to reduce stress more generally. And we've talked about how to do that on some other podcasts, you know, exercising, relaxation, taking time out. Um, the calmer your nervous system is, the less potent your defensiveness will be, and you're more likely to make different choices. It's not going to stop it immediately, but you're starting to kind of break that cycle um, for that, tr that specific trigger. I don't know if that makes sense, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then also bringing in um, with what was offered in the chat box is that we have those patterns there, and then, like was expressed, we're creating it, and it might not even be true. Yes. So whatever you know, whatever those those triggers are or those aspects are, is you know, the more we get to feel that and acknowledge within ourselves, because it might be that. Um, you know, you're really hard on yourself. It might be that perfectionism's an aspect that, you know, you struggle with. Then even just clocking that and knowing that so that if someone gives you 
feedback, and it could well be constructive feedback, are we taking that as um, as a as a sign of not doing our job well, or um, mm. not yeah, not communicating well, or whatever it happens to be? Are we automatically in that defensiveness when we've actually got a hurt that's there that we um, have yet to kind of heal and work through? Um, and then just you know supporting yourself with it as the feedback's coming there, so that you can go actually I, I don't want to inflate this at all. I, w- I want to be open to what's being offered, and then work through that. Mm, indeed, um, and and when you mentioned again around that what the mind does and how it sort of goes over these events, um, the other thing I get people to write down is is to also talk about how long. From a time perspective, how long did that confrontation or that trigger or that incident take? It could have been a you know a couple of minutes. Um, it could be a comment from someone. It could have been you know an off the cuff remark. And then once you've written that down, underneath it, right? How long have you spent thinking about it? Mm, I love that. And, and often oh. it's days, you know, hours. Yeah. You know, it's been on your mind for weeks, whatever. And then that also just helps us give a bit more perspective and go, okay, you know, we're oh, starting to separate the real, real from the imagined. That is super cool. Yep, absolutely great practical practical strategies as to yeah put things into perspective, Sam. Mm. And you can and, you know, also play play a bit with a bit of humour. You can sort of almost have a bit of a laugh and go, oh gee, yeah, I have spent a lot of time on that, haven't I? Not take it too yeah. seriously, not beat yourself up for doing it. Just going, oh yeah, okay, mm. I realise what I've done here, and then you're able to then look at it with humour and then and 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 move past it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be you know be that kind of educator of ourselves because we've got to look at and your point brings a beautiful platform to go what what is sabotage what is self-sabotage and that's a great example of how things can just feed it can be a tiny little seed a tiny little experience and if we're feeling a bit edgy or if we're feeling a bit wobbly or stressed that's when that seed can just grow and grow and grow and grow versus another day where you might feel you've supported yourself more you haven't had things kind of coming your way that have unsettled you then you're able to be a bit more rational with it and go you know put it in perspective you know it's not such a big thing so that's a great indicator to go if that situation only really was this and I have spent this much time on it where am I at with myself and what do I need to do to kind of bring myself back to being more settled I suppose and less reactive Mm. Mm, I love it. Um, Katie, we've got another question. It's time from Chris. So welcome and thank you, Chris. Um, And this is such a good one too. Um, Imposter syndrome seems to be a big trigger. Um, I often feel that I'm pretending to be good at my job. The more I am being relied upon, the more stressed I get. I think that is something we could all relate to. I don't know about you, Katie, but it's certainly something Uh, that I've had to contend with. And are we ever fully equipped? You know, have we experienced everything in life? No, we haven't. But are we able to, from the experience we have had, draw on that for those situations where we haven't done, you know, we haven't actually had to perform in that way, et cetera? I'd, you know, I love the honesty there because I think everyone can relate to that. And, and it's all about developing, isn't it? And it's all about kind of evolving um, and um, I, I look forward to that each day, even though sometimes they're the most challenging days where you go, okay, I've got this task that I haven't done before or, you know, these people are relying on me. I've got to, I've got to go deeper within myself. 
but yeah, we haven't all experienced everything that's going to come our way. But knowing that you've got those qualities within yourself that has, I suppose, presented the opportunity to be in the positions that we're in. Mm. And then whatever advancement we have from that, we do actually have the capabilities. It just depends whether we're prepared to go there or not. Yes. And yes. that's a personal choice. Some, I know someone who'd be fantastic in this promotion and the, the company's saying, we want to promote you and they'd be amazing in it. But this person doesn't want to deal with the conflict resolution side of things. So they've said, you know what, even though I know I can do the job, I, I just don't want to go there right now. And, and that's absolutely fine. Versus someone else who goes, okay, I haven't perhaps had to deal with that, but you know what, I'm willing to get the support I need or I'm willing to see where my strengths and weaknesses are and then put a support plan in so that I can actually meet what's needed. So it, it just depends where, where we're wanting to go with ourselves for one. And, and two, we have got a lot of lived experience, maybe not in that exact example or, or what we'll be doing going forward, but that's there supporting us. It's like each, each promotion we've had or each, um, shift that we've mm -hmm. had i know myself if someone said to me what i'm doing now five years ago would i be doing that i'd probably go yeah unlikely yes, but it's totally. developed <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah uh, i mean i'm just amazed that um just going back to what you said earlier on katie that we're all in this together and i think we all experience this um mm. so it is it's kind of almost like we're all these little bubbles and we're mm. kind of all thinking the opposite of what everyone else is thinking, but we're all actually thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And look, those those on the call who happen to be parents, or if you're not parents directly, or mm. you're raising kids indirectly and contributing, it's just like no one gave us a manual of how to look after a newborn or, you know, that that's pretty scary when you think about the responsibility. But if we've decided to have um, children or if we decide to help as an auntie, you know, parent kids or support kids in whatever way well no one's given us that complete mm -hmm. skills to do all of that yet we we do it and we learn from it and we grow from it and we learn from our mistakes i mean that to me a person who's willing to learn from their mistakes that's amazing in yes. itself 100 percent um and look we've got a few more questions to get through but um just a, just a final comment from me chris on that question um i was just going to say often we link our, and, you, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because you think you you mentioned the more we're relied upon, the more stressed we get, which is so true. And <laughs> often what we do with a lot of this stuff, we kind of link our self-worth to our job, to our role as a parent at work, whatever it may be. Um, and I kind of like to separate that from who I actually am. So just say I didn't get everything I wanted done because often we're worried about that scenario that might happen that often never happens. So what happens if things go wrong and you don't actually deliver what you were hoping to deliver? It's got nothing to do with who you are as a person um, or any of us is as a person. So I kind of like to separate, yes, on a practical level, we might, you know, we might stuff things up or not get stuff done, but it has nothing to do with who you are. Um, often when we're linking our self-worth to any of these outcomes that we're supposed to achieve, it can be really, we put a lot of pressure on and that imposter syndrome comes up. Whereas in reality, we don't really have to link our self-worth um, to any of this sort of stuff, even if the worst seemingly happens. It doesn't reflect on who we are 
um, more fundamentally as a person. It just means that, you know, on a practical level, we didn't get what we were hoping to get done. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And, uh, you know, responsibility, just linking back to that question. And it made me chuckle because there's that bit of us that goes, oh, not more responsibility. <laughs> and then the other bit that goes, yeah, you know what, I'm up for it because I know that, that, you know, that that's a good thing, right? So it's just working with that within yourself and seeing where you're being stubborn in relation to having more responsibility, living more responsibility. As you say, you know, when you get promoted to different roles or if you've got a team that you're managing or certain aspects, etc., it does hold us more accountable. And there's that mm. bit that loves that in ourselves and the other bit that goes, you know what, I prefer my comfort. You know, I prefer to be able to check out more. Don't want to be as consistent. So, you know, it's having fun with that within yourself too. Like I've realised I'm a lot more stubborn than what I thought I was and it was quite a shock yeah. to begin with. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate when you find out things about that and yourself up the same? What do you mean I'm, I'm stubborn? so revealing. I'm like, oh my kids something came up and um, someone said oh you're being stubborn and I said oh I don't think so and they both looked at me and kind of rolled my eyes and I went okay I'm gonna look at that and then I'm seeing it oh, in all classic. different ways going okay let go surrender more surrender more and in that then you're more accessible to people so again this is all stuff that we can all relate to we're all going through it we're just exposing it here and we're talking about it which has been really really enjoyable Oh, you could talk for ages about this stuff. It's, I mean, it's so good. Um, but thanks for sharing that, Katie. Um, I'm just going to read this question word for word. It's quite long. Um, the question is asked if they can remain anonymous. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking it. And of course, that's not a problem at all. Um, so the question is, I have been trying to decide whether to spend more time with family and work three days, uh, sorry, and work three days or stay at four for care, career prospects and my own mental well-being. I essentially know what I want to do, but I can't quite make the decision. More broadly, I see this as an issue with being paralysed when action needs to be taken. Here is the, here is a swinging self-doubt between being a good mother or following a career path. Any tips, steps for actually removing the mental block to take action? Great question, yeah. Katie. Yeah, awesome <laughs> question. Well, when I was listening to you read that out, Sam, I went, okay, great, you know what to do because that, that was very clear in the question. You actually know mm. what to do. It's just it's just how do you support yourself actually expressing that and putting it in action. Well, in relation to our family, if you are more, um, and we're not talking in, assistant, in this example, I can hear that you're very accessible to your family with, with how you've spoken and the consideration you're giving. That's different to someone who's totally using work to avoid a deeper intimacy in the family. That's a different scenario. In, in this scenario where it's like, you know what, I'm feeling guilty about this or that or expectations from others with this or that. But if you're following what's true to you, then don't you feel you're going to have more space for your family? Or if your decision is the other way around, if you're following what feels true to you to have more space with your family, then you're actually going to be more present at work and that quality is going to be felt. We can't kid ourselves. It, it's like whatever feels right for you at the time, that, that, is, that is right for you. And therefore it's going to be fine for everyone else because you're going to be more, I suppose, you're going to be enjoying life more, et cetera. You're going to have more space to um, give your focus rather than resenting whatever the decision is because you're using external factors to make that decision. And then there would be a resentment or 
it, it just doesn't feel right and everyone then therefore can feel that they're getting less of you. I, I hope that, that supports in some way. Oh, that's great advice. I think absolutely. I think you can only, you know, doing what you think is right at the time is that's all any of us can ever do. And yeah. um, and I was just going to add that um, often um, you talked about that. How do you take away the mental block of taking action? And and I guess one of the classic symptoms when we're stressed or there's stressful events, um, a classic symptom of that is an indecision. So the inability to be able to decide. Um, I don't know if this is true for you or not, but often we're really attached to that outcoming, that outcome having to work to be happy. So just say you decided to do, um, you know, work four days because you thought actually career prospects might be something I want to focus on. Um, and yes, that voice of doubt might rage in terms of guilt about family, but um, all we can do is just kind of do test and learn. You know, we go into it as a test. We can always change things if we need to. Um, try and take the pressure off needing it to work for your own self-worth or happiness. If you, if the worst happened and you're like, oh, hang on, no, nah, I'm not spending enough time with my family, then you can change it. Um, um, you know, your kids, your family will benefit from you just making the best decision you can in the moment, but also taking the pressure off yourself for it needing to work. Um, they'll see you adjust as you need to and they'll learn from that and that'll be great learnings for them. So even if you make a decision that on a practical level you change later on, it doesn't mm. mean it's a failure or you got it wrong. Um, you just did what you thought was best at the time and, and who knows what what how important that was for later on and for what your kids could see with that. Um, so taking the pressure off yourself and trying to de-link um, that outcome or the decision you make needing that to work for your happiness um, is a big one. When people can start to sort of de-link those things, it can be quite powerful because you can free yourself up to make these decisions and go, look, I don't know if this is exactly the right one, but I'm, I'm going to willingly do it anyway and see what happens. Yeah, so I was going to offer the same. Yeah, exactly the same thing because that helps you then know it, exactly like you're saying, Sam, um, we can only acknowledge what we're feeling at that point and then hey, it may work out really great or you may go, actually, this is this is not supporting me and then we've always can change things and then you'll know if you do change it that that's completely right and there wouldn't be then the doubt of, you know, what What if I did do that? What if I did go for that promotion or, you know what, I really, really felt mm -hmm. to stay four days and family pressure was making me change to three and I'm resenting that doing that. There's no room then for that doubt. And how appropriate everything you've offered, Sam, with, with our theme and topic being about self-doubt. And it's yeah. about removing that room where doubt feeds itself. So what oh, we're doing that. is we're looking at our life mm. and we're going, okay, what are my triggers with doubt? Are they actually relevant today? Is it residual from past situations that I'm now bringing into situations and relationships when they're not actually projecting that, that I'm feeding that and then I'm getting oversensitive to what's happening in front of me? or what, whatever your, yeah, your aspects are, then it just, by following what feels true to you and then giving that a go, yeah. it reduces that room for doubt. Yeah, getting confidence back with our own intuition and yeah, it's, when you can reconnect with that, it's so good, isn't it? It's such, mm. a, yeah. such a lovely space to be in. And it's true empowerment in that way. You know, that word gets batted around a lot, but it actually is. Because mm. if your body, everything coming from you is going, this is what I need to do. 
and then we're letting all external factors come in how do we know what's true then yeah you know you're following what's right for someone else well that's not necessarily right for you or your family or your situation and, and look as you're talking there katie it just made me think um about if you are in a situation where you're not sure you're feeling a bit stressed about you know if you can find someone to bounce your ideas off because a lot of the indecision the voice of doubt is fueled by you know what other people think but if you've got someone who you can trust um, it could be a coach it could just be a friend it could be a parent whoever um, but someone who's going to listen to you without judgment um, who you know perhaps from past experience when you, when these situations come up and you can't see the wood through the trees um, having that space to just get out of your own head bounce ideas off um, to someone who's not going to judge you or kind of push you down one way or another, often you can kind of come to that clarity on your own and it's a good way to reconnect with your own kind of intu intuition, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it just made true. me think of it as you were talking. Yeah, fantastic. Was um, there another question as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. We've got a couple more actually. Um, and this one is a follow-up, which I thought was a really good one to one of the first ones we asked. And the comment is, the comment and question is, and this is uh, from Joe. So thank Joe's happy for me to mention her name. So thanks, Joe. Um, you say that it's important to rest your nervous system. Is resting your nervous system the same as resting your body? How can we rest um, the oh. nervous system if you can't stop the physical demands? Yeah, fantastic. And you know, <laughs> there's, there's a big difference. You're spot on with what, what you're offering to everyone. Resting your body is not necessarily resting your nervous system. So people that have lived with a lot of anxiety, they actually have that 24-7. So when you're in that anxious state, you actually go to sleep in anxiety. Your body's therefore not getting a full surrendered rest and rejuvenation during the night. So then they wake up in the morning and a great one, and this is great practical for everyone, is just pop, when you wake up in the morning, just put your hand on your, on your heart. And just feel, does it feel a soft pace from a restful night? Or have you woken up with anxiousness? So mm. your heart's pounding a bit more. Can you feel that anxiousness in your body? Because again, as I was saying, stress and anxiety is becoming epidemic. Um, it's, it's like a, a you know, huge scale um, that we're living with. So then what's normal is becoming, you know, anxiousness is becoming more normal because there, there's so many people that are in it. And that's a lot of people, they've lived with it for so long, they think it's normal. So it isn't actually normal, but it's your body saying to you, something's not right. I'm not, I'm not coping that well. And then all that to remedy that has to come back to our relationship with ourselves. So I love what you're offering because that's a great marker to go. We can think that we're resting, but if our nervous system's heightened, it's not actually getting a rest. Mm, and that's, that's okay. So and not to panic about that great if we're clocking wow okay my level of anxious anxiousness is higher than i thought that's so healing in itself because then you can't fix anything or you can't work with anything or you can't heal with anything that you're not aware of so having that awareness is great try not to freak out about it observing where your nervous system is what your symptoms are in your body from being anxious or stressed and then you can start working with it bit by bit. You can get support with that as well, but even just your internal dialogue with it and just trying out a few different things during your day with how you prepare yourself, you know, going for a walk at lunchtime or making sure when you're thirsty to go and get a glass of water. 
because those practice they seem little things but they're actually big because if your body's dehydrated it's going to be stressed your nervous mm. system is going to be impacted and if you're not eating properly in a way that fuels your body your nervous system is going to be heightened because it's not getting what it needs that's so and true then just by realizing okay a lot of my what i thought was rest isn't actually rest that's okay though and then the more you work with it you, you'll start to see some shifts in your body as well and, and yeah. just trying to let go yeah sorry katie i'm just i'm just we've got one question to get to but i know we could talk about this stuff forever because it's such a great question i was just going to quickly add um that yes it's kind of resting your it's almost resting your mind gives your nervous system a break as well so if you can do mindfulness meditation if you google those approaches or have a look yourself um, they can be really good just to calm the mind which in turn calms the nervous system because actually exercise can actually help you rest the nervous system because you might deplete a lot of the excess adrenaline in your system which means if uh, anxious thinking comes on you don't have as much adrenaline to fuel the exaggerated response that comes with it so exercise is actually good an important part of recovering from this sort of stuff um, but yeah calming the mind can just also then calm the nervous system so that's another big part of it as well um, a last question here um, and I will just read this one um, because it's a little long one um, and I will just scroll up and get that so apologies for that okay um, so the person found this last question an interesting one because I am working three days per week, have done for a number of years. This works so well for my family, but on the flip side, I have found it um, to be very difficult from a career perspective, as over time I have become very anxious to take on career progression in case I don't manage additional responsibilities. It has also blocked from a number of blocked me from a number of roles where there was pressure to have up to um, to, to up it to, sorry, a minimum of four days per week and has over time caused me much self-doubt around what I would be able to achieve. This was part of my reason for joining this session. So, um, yeah, great question. And it's sort of coming back, isn't it, to that, um, you know, choices around career, self-doubt, you know, one decision there, um, what does that mean for my career, for home, and then the anxiety that comes with it, Katie? What do you think about that? Again, you know, could it could it be a situation where other factors were coming in in making that choice? You know, if you if you sit and evaluate now with what we've talked about, what feels true to you um, with mm. that? And I and I we can say, okay, it's fine for us to go. Well, this is ideally what I'd like. But then we've also got the practical aspects to go. Where are my finances? What financially do I need to contribute? Because again, if there's a big gap with what we are contributing to what we need to, then that's going to cause stress and anxiety. So, you know, it's, it's kind of marrying the two to go, this, this is, you know, what I ideally would like, but these are also my responsibilities. So what's going to cause less stress overall? And then part of that, whatever you get to in that, is the acceptance of where it's at which gives you more purpose then to go, actually, that's what's needed. So then you're not battling each day when you're going to work or if you're staying home, whatever it happens to be, to go, no, this, this is right now. And whatever I need to do to adjust, adjust myself, then I'm willing to do that because I don't want to have a tension because of my situation or where, where things are at. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's great, Katie. And and I think, you know, what I think you sort of hinted at the start with sort of all this, the advice we'll give you on the previous question is, you know, really relevant here too. Um, um, and to how you deal with the anxious thinking, how you get confidence around making a decision without attaching to the outcome. Um, but also sort of knowing how much um, stress is kind of in your life or how um, sensitised your nervous system is. So perhaps doing some, some mindfulness meditation just to break up the cycle, give your, give your mind a bit of a break, calm the mind down so it's turning off enough. Often that can help with um, making confident decisions um, with clarity so that you're not constantly wondering what if, you know, what if this happens or what if that happens. Um, building that sense of that real foundation of true confidence can really help with that, um, with, with forging more of what you want for your career, even when you're part time. I know people who kind of try and change their approach a bit. It's not easy to do necessarily, but really possible to kind of have real confidence. And then you might start to be a bit more innovative and creative about um, your career um, and what that means for your progression, um, even when you're part time. I know people who start to change their perspective, they kind of reduce stress, um, calm the mind, calm the thinking. They can start to be a bit more creative and suggest things that they wouldn't have even come into their mind to the, the people that are decision makers within the business, um, looking at other options. That all comes in um, and they can start to do um, or, or forge a reality that they really want when when perhaps previously they couldn't quite see it. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I know it's worked for sort of clients in the past. Absolutely makes sense. And also just adding on from that with the question that's just been offered or the point that's been offered is in this living in the city, we've got so much choice. Like we really do. And that in itself can kind of sounds funny, but it can create an issue. Like there's so many schools that we can send our kids to. There's, you know, quite a lot of job opportunities, etc., And, um, even going to the shops and buying things, there's so much choice. And I've been working recently with people that are more regionally based and it, it's great to observe from them that because their choices aren't as, as vast, so to speak, there is a beautiful simplicity that comes in. So even though you can say, well, you might be restricted in your career, et cetera, they know that, you know what, they've got to work through whatever their issues are with that particular job because there aren't as many opportunities and they do make it work or they grow or, you know, they might change job if, if necessary. But what I observed is there's, um, if we look at, I suppose, enjoyment in life overall, they, a lot of them are mm. very content because it is it has a simplicity. Well, I go to this shop and I buy that and I've got a few yeah. choices, but fine, <laughs> right? Versus just going, am I making the right choice here? Oh, my oh, God, I've got so yeah. many choices. Is it right? Well, what, what is that? Is there a right? You know, yes. simple, let's start simplifying life and going, actually, you know, that, that pretty much fits my needs there. That's cool. Yeah. I don't have to investigate every single option that I've got. And, and we can do that. We can really start to simplify our life, even though we're living with, with a lot of stuff going on around us. It's just it's like, what are your values? What's important to mm. you? And then simplifying things to support. Oh, I love it. I mean, that 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 um that topic of choice is such a big one. Perhaps we can do it on another have another yeah. program dedicated to to it. But um, look, next week we've or next sorry next month I should say on the seventeenth of October at midday we've got um our next session, and that will be on embracing tension. So I guess a lot of what we talked about today we'll explore further in terms of all. When there is tension in in your life, decisions are hard. All this sort of stuff we've been talking about. Well, then you know. We'll, do a bit more of a deep dive and then how you actually embrace that to thrive. 
um, how you raise tricky conversations at work and home. So what do you do when, when tensions are tensions there. Um, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the great questions, for the comments, the contribution. We've gone a bit over time, but um, I think it was worth it. It was um, mm -hmm. such a good conversation. Katie, any final words from you? Yeah, just wanted to add in, if you if you do intend on um, joining us for the next one, please um, register, because then you'll get the link sent to you. So it just makes it much easier for you to, um, to have that access. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking for doing it, Sorry, thanks Katie. Um, if you do need any extra support, I don't think we mentioned this enough, but you're welcome to, um, or if you've got any questions, email info at parentsatwork.com.au. Um, so thanks again, everyone, and we'll speak to you next month. Yeah, thanks for your time. Bye for now.